This is New Encounter, a podcast hosted by Nick and Marissa, two film-loving pea brains. Join us weekly as we review and discuss the films from our never-ending watch list. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm going to start saying it like Tim Cook, actually. Good morning. <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> How, what else does he say? I don't know. Just We are so excited to share with you today. <laughs> <laughs> love that guy. You do love him. <laughs> welcome to today's episode. Welcome back. If you're a recurring listener, welcome if you are new. If you're a new baby, we love you. Hello. We love you so much. You're Thanks. fan of the week. You're automatic fan of the week if you're a new listener. So let us know. Tweet at us or DM us on Instagram so you don't have to embarrass yourself by publicly showing your support for us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, we recorded this episode already. Um, we did. It's embarrassing. Tell them a story. <laughs> we have to. It has to happen at least once in our podcast life. Like it just has to happen. It's and unfortunate it that it's because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Things I was happen. just I was just pressing buttons. I was pressing all the wrong buttons. I'm not used to that mouse yet and the sensitivity of it. And I was just pressing oh, yeah, we all got the a wrong new mouse. buttons. We are no longer using uh, the magic mouse. Magic, magic mouse, Apple mouse. The poorly designed app, magic mouse. Um, but I was trying to save the 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 episode yesterday that we recorded right after we finished it, and I just clicked all the wrong buttons, and I ended up saving it over the file that we start recording on and then i just pressed all the wrong buttons to try to redo it which it's interesting first off that we just have a recording that we just record into every time because it's got all the settings it's got everything that's what do you mean it's <laughs> it just that's interesting that's it's just how interesting, that's how it works it's an interesting uh way to to do things but it's got the two audio tracks. It. It's got I all the got settings. I got it. I got it. But even when we load in, I swear. Maybe other platforms are different. Either way, he erased <laughs> the entire episode. It's like when those YouTubers are like, oh, I recorded it, all this, like, all these clips and... The file's corrupted and, and I lost it all. And now I have no video and now I have nothing. And it's yeah. like, ah. Like footage gets corrupted like that when it's saved on like an SD card and everything from the camera. But this was just this me was being just dumb. Him. And I didn't question it because I thought he was going to like copy and paste it, do something. I don't know. He was doing his own working. thing. It was late so at night. I didn't want to question it. And he just kind of, he just did it. He did whatever <laughs> he did. It was late at night. My brain wasn't working anymore. I still blame Marissa for watching me do it. <laughs> And no, not saying a nothing word. Nothing is my fault in not this Not saying house. a word. Nothing is my fault in this house. And Marissa's the one that mans the computer, so she's supposed to be the one that saves it all and does I it do all initially. The and then I go in and edit it. But she was like, oh, I'm having a heat flash. Oh. No, because I already fucked up the episode like three times before that because <laughs> I like slammed the computer and I, I don't know. I was just pressing buttons. So I told him... You touch the touch the computer. I'm not touching it anymore. I kept fucking things up. And then I fucked it up. And, <laughs> and then he did it. So now we're back. We're going to re-record this episode. Hopefully it's better than our first draft. <laughs> but moving on. 
Uh, we're going to get into some movie news. There's some uh, some good juicy stuff in there. Juicy. Uh, and then we're going to get into the main topic of this episode, or the main movie, which is uh, After Yang. Pisces is cuddling me with me right now. He's been in a he's been in a happy, loving mood to you lately. I hate him. He's ugly. He's a cutie. All right, moving on to movie news. Uh, first up, pretty big movie news when it comes to the f- new franchise that I love. New franchise <laughs> that Nick loves. Uh, Florence Pugh and Austin Butler are now in talks to join Dune Part Two. Dune. Which, if what did you say about this? If who was They're, reporting on it? The Hollywood Reporter and Variety. Yeah, that it's basically not in talks. It's basically they're they're in in those roles. (laughs) So, Florence Pugh and Austin Butler are now Dune babies. Dune Part Two. Dune bugs. Uh, Florence Pugh is going to play Princess Irulan, and Austin Butler is going to play Fade Rautha. Rautha, however you say that. We'll find we'll find out in Dune Part Two when they say it out loud. (laughs) Um, I thought it was interesting. I mean. Florence Pugh is basically she's the the new girl that gets cast in everything. She's we have a lot of it girls at the moment. Yeah, Jenna Ortega is going to be one of those. They're just a lot of them. <laughs> um, so Florence Pugh is in everything, so of course she was cast in there. I think the other fan cast for that role was Anya Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, maybe she was uh, like in like they were considering her because of fan casts. But, I mean, she's a good actress. Do you think... So, do you think when they cast people for, like, stuff, they are like, "Mm." I hear talk of people saying they really want this person to um, be in the movie or whatever. (laughs) Like, do you think they they take that into account? I think so. Or do you think they're already... They already know who they want, so they're like, no. (laughs) I think it's both. Oh, it depends on the fan cast because some fan casts are stupid. Some just just throw people out there. No, the one girl on TikTok who did the like rewrote Twilight and was like fan casting like all of her oh, people yeah. for hers. That was going to be good. <laughs> She's really good at fan casting. I can't really think of anyone that's been like a fan cast that they got. Yeah, I don't. In the role, but it's happened before. Like there, there are fan casts that got the role because of the fan cast yeah nothing nothing at the top of my head where i can think about yeah this person would be great in that role and then they get it let us know if you're listening if you think, think of if you, do you have any fan cast no knowledge let us know <laughs> um and then fade uh rautha rautha however you say that um the only only other actors up for that role were also harry styles and ty sheridan who played cyclops in the little prequel x-men movies Harry Styles, at this moment in time, announced oh, his yeah, he new, just announced an album. <laughs> his new album coming out in May. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, I think you were saying in the in the last recording <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you just don't know if he's a good actor or not. Yeah, that's true. He he's very prominent in the movie space now, and. I don't know how I feel about it because I haven't personally seen him in anything like his big movie role that's supposed to be like his his big thing. It's not even out yet. And oh, yeah. The the is it Greta Gerwig's movie? No. Olivia no. Wilde. 
Olivia Wilde, that's what it is. That's why they're dating. With Florence Pugh, yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I haven't seen him in anything, and then now he's in, what is it called? Um, uh, the Marvel. MCU. Yeah. In so, Eternals. We'll see. I do love I him. I think he would have been a good. Or, well, I'm not in the same boat as you where we haven't really seen him shine, but I think it would have been an interesting pick. But it would have been the same thing as David Fincher's Dune, where they cast the musician for fade and maybe that's exactly why they didn't go with yeah. harry like they were like no we can't they're gonna, sting, they're gonna make fun of us <laughs> sting played fade in the in the old ones he played him very bad not not, not bad but like just his own way <laughs> goofy goofy guy little goofy guy uh so that's gonna be interesting i think austin butler isn't a bad actor but I also haven't really seen him in anything either. We can watch The Carrie Diaries. Don't worry. No, I'm okay. We can watch The Carrie Diaries. <laughs> well, every time I see the Elvis, Elvis thing, I'm like, oh, it's not bad. It doesn't seem like he's terrible. But I don't know. Who knows? Denis Villeneuve. Trusting Denis. Also, speaking of Elvis. Doing agenda. I don't like Tom Hanks. Oh, <laughs> the Elvis Every movie. time I see him, I'm like, y'all couldn't have picked any other bitch. That's what I think. <laughs> And then also Austin Butler is too tan. He's orange. That bitch is orange. Uh, next thing is uh, Sean Levi is going to be directing Deadpool 3. We just watched The Adam Project. We haven't seen Free Guy, but Ryan Reynolds tweeted out a little photo of his three characters that Sean Levi has directed or will be directing now. And it was, so it was the guy. It was Free Guy, Adam Project. And Deadpool was the third character. And so he was like, yep, Sean Levi is going to be directing Deadpool 3. Um, nah. <laughs> the Adam Project is all right. It wasn't anything amazing. I can't say there's anything in there where I'm like, wow, Sean Levi can direct. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds loves him. Maybe they're just like BFFs. They are. Like, they're just BFFs. So they're like, let's just keep working on It's like Adam Sandler making movies with all his best friends <laughs> do they have to be good movies but also it's like no. all the other directors that just cast the same people but instead of just casting the same people in all their movies they're just ryan reynolds and sean levi are just like yeah let's make this movie let's do this I together will be, i will be your main character and then we'll just cast everyone around me <laughs> everyone else works around me what was the tweet you saw where it was they're making us suffer through their projects <laughs> something every like year that. yeah um because, yeah, yeah, every year we've gotten a new project from them. <laughs> it's exciting to see that Deadpool 3 is, is officially in the works now, but I don't know if Sean Levi is the best one. Because the Deadpool 1, I still really, I think that one holds up. I still enjoy it. Uh, Deadpool 2 is all right. still has good moments. But each one of them, I don't know. Hopefully, I can't say that he's going to take it in a new direction. Because <laughs> the, the first two Deadpool movies are very similar and they both have like the same formula and they act the same. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that Sean Levy is going to inject new life into it. <laughs> Will he even be able to keep the same style? Like, will he even be able to keep up? I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Whatever. Who are we to judge? We're not critics. Next up on the movie <laughs> news, my personal favorite movie news, Miss Sydney Sweeney is joining... My other favorite baddie, Dakota Johnson, in Madam Web, which we know nothing about Madam Web. 
literally nothing. She has no anything in my brain. Why are you saying we? You know stuff about Madam Web? I know a little bit. She does. He doesn't know anything about Madam Web. She's the one connecting, connecting he, all he the Spider-Men. He doesn't know anything about Madam Web. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, there are certain people who um, are grouchy pants because Miss Dakota Johnson is not an old hag. <laughs> but that just means we're getting baddies. Baddies only. MCU baddies for the first time. Not for the first time. but Not in the MCU. You keep telling me this? <laughs> you think I give a fuck? Venom Fine. crossed over for Sony, one second. Sony baddies for the first time, Thank which you. that is the first time for Sony. We'll find out from Morbius if, if it's MCU or not. <laughs> but I'm excited. Sydney Sweeney, Dakota Johnson, two wonderful, great people. Sydney Sweeney is booked and busy. She is getting her name out there. This is going to be her first big blockbuster blockbuster project because she's mostly done like indie stuff and the tv shows with hbo Mm -hmm. uh and the role that she's playing is under this we don't know what role she's playing in the movie what is it called unidentified unnamed unnamed undisclosed undisclosed unnamed i don't know (laughs) i liked unidentified Uh, so we don't know what role she's playing. Um, I think she was fan cast. Yeah, she was fan cast. There were a couple of people that fan cast her as Black Cat. Um, who knows? We, maybe she is. Maybe a Black Cat makes an appearance in Madam Web for some reason. And she's, she's connected just to Spider Man. I hope so. Me too. <laughs> um, she would be a good Black Cat. No offense to other people because there's still a lot of people that are like. No offense to other Black Cats. Spider Man PS4 Black Cat. No offense to her. <laughs> She's a cartoon. <laughs> Next up, Scream 6 has an official, I was going to say launch date, release. <laughs> it has an official release date, and it is next year. Can you click on it? My link doesn't work. Your link doesn't work. It's because I'm in it. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's March 31st, 2023. Which is exciting. Only ha- a year away. It's so close. Almost exactly a year away. Yeah. No, it's literally so close um we're excited we're scream stands you mentioned last night um i just think that's funny (laughs) that a lot of people have turned on scream yeah after scream 5 came out like initially when it first came out everyone was like oh this is a really great movie blah 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 but then i feel like after like a month or so people were like actually can we go back and revisit scream 5 and show that or talk about how it's not really that good actually they honestly, keep talking about Ryan Johnson and <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, shut up. <laughs> it was it was much better than Scream 4. I think they were talking about the weren't the directors talking about what's her name's character in Scream 4 that, that they want to bring back? Kirby. Oh, yeah. Hayden Panettiere? Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's still alive. Um, so that'd be funny to bring her back. I'm sure they will. They love Scream loves bringing back old characters. Yeah. I I just am interested because this new group, like in the new group, a lot of them survived. Yeah. And so I just want to so see. They can set up sequels. Yeah. But I want to see how they're going to go about because in the original ones, like, yeah, Randy lived, but then Randy dies. Yeah. And then. So those bitches are going to die. And so who's going to, which of the twins is going to live and which one's going to die, basically, because <laughs> the two sisters are going to live. They're the new Sid and Gail. Yeah. 
So is Mindy going to die? Or is it going to be trio girl power? How do you remember characters' names? How do you not? <laughs> I only remember like the actors' names, but the characters' names? Pff, gone, unless they say that character's names like 20 million times in the movie. Or the name of the movie is the character's Ugh, name. <laughs> you're embarrassing. Anyways, I don't know who's going to live, who's going to die. Are we getting a new Dewey? Or is are we killing off the Dewey? And now Mindy is... Because Mindy's the, the Randy, clearly, though. Yeah. So. So she's alive. Or no, 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 she might be dead. She's probably going to die. <laughs> but we'll see. I don't know. Those are my thoughts, my theories. Exciting. Take it away. Uh, next one is... Oh, it's the last one. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians 3 is officially in the works with a new writer. Uh, so Warner Brothers has hired Amy Wang to pen the sequel. Um, so there's a whole controversy a long time ago when the sequel was announced. There's a whole discrepancy with the pay with the writers. And so some writers left. The original writers of the first movie left. And then they were replaced, I want to say, by like some white dude, which was not a good sign. But it was like co-writer situation. But now I guess, and, and like nothing happens. Wasn't there also a pause because he got arrested? Was there? He got arrested. <laughs> that would explain the pause because we didn't hear, we haven't heard anything about Crazy Rich Asians um, until now. He, he's like not allowed back in his home. The guy who wrote the, the books. Oh, do you remember? I remember, yeah. He's like not allowed back wherever, Asia, somewhere. He's not allowed there. So he was I here, remember. but then I think they like arrested, like somehow they got him. Yeah. And he was, there was a whole thing with that. I'm pretty sure. I, re I recall something like that. But I'm excited. The only thing is, okay, my thing with changing writers for a film is um, sometimes the story just gets completely out of whack. Um, I'm looking at To All the Boys I Loved Before because yes. they, the first the first person who made it director lady was a lady person. Yeah. Then they changed to a man for the last two. And I feel like he kind of didn't understand. I mean, clearly Jenny Han loved him and she loves the movies, but I feel like in my opinion, he did not do the stories justice and he made it feel too teeny bopper silly with too much music. Oh my God, literally a new a pop song playing every five seconds. It's like the after movies. And so hopefully this, she's a woman. I trust her. <laughs> she knows what women want and she will give us. I trust her. Look at her face. She will give us what we deserve she has a nice for smile. this, for this story, this trilogy. Oh yeah. See the original writer left, walked away from the two planned sequels after it was re revealed. She was paying or she was being paid almost 10 times less than the, I don't know why they, Shirelli, whoever that is, the other writer, basically. Um, but now Amy Wang is the writer of both movies. Goals. Good for them. Unfortunate for um, Lim, who was the original writer. Unfortunate. The first one. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, getting finding out you're getting paid 10 times 10 less? 10 times less. Adele Lim, that was the original person. That's not embarrassing, but it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I would be pissed too. Crazy Retrations, anyways, the first one is very good. So hopefully the next two are also very good. Yeah, it's one of our faves. It's one of the best rom-coms to come out in the recent years. Period. That's it. Now on to the movie. The main meat. 
I hate you saying <laughs> that. The main star of the show. This was one of Marissa's most anticipated of the year. Uh, did you even know it was coming out before the trailer released? Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> I think maybe I saw something on Twitter. Like when the, the film updates account just is like, this person is now in a film. Like when they just say those things. Oh, and they are just, casting the roles and stuff. Yeah, and they just post. So I think I don't remember hearing stuff or. Hearing so I that think I just saw like a movie. tweet where they were like, "Haley Lou Richardson in a new project," and I was like, ah, "I think that's it. I think that's all I knew." And then boom, this bitch out. If you don't know, Haley Lou Richardson is one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites. Maybe I should, I should write them down. I don't think I need to write them down. I don't think you need to either. Um, you already know who your favorites are. But they don't. Who cares? They care. <laughs> Anyways, Haley Richardson is one of my favorites. She is amazing. She's in this movie. The movie is called After Yang, and it's directed by Koganada. Um, some backstory about Koganada, if no one knows who he is. Uh, he started out as a video essayist. If you've ever stumbled upon those, uh, like, this movie explains, or not even really movie explanations, but more like they're diving into, like, what a director means by the recurring hands in this movie or the recurring, this recurring shot or something like that. Just, like, diving into the themes of a movie, basically. And, like, more specifically on the directors themselves and not on a movie, right? Or does it could be just... either one. That's just a video essay, but Koganada more uh, dive, dove more into like the directors. That's and what, what I was doing. just saying. Oh, that's why I said more into the directors themselves. For Koganada, yes, <laughs> he made some on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to beat your shut up ass. <laughs> he made some on Richard Linklater uh, and like Stanley Stanley Kubrick, uh, a couple on Wes Anderson, Tarantino. Um, so like from above Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson centered, um, yeah, a bunch of stuff like that. So he turned from that and now he's a, he's a whole ass director. He's his own director. He has made, this is, this is his second official movie. Uh, his first movie is Columbus, which is Marissa's baby. It's one of my top, top babies. Ever? Yeah. It's very, it means a lot to me. We still have to do an episode on it, but since it means so much to me, we have to wait for other people to cherish it as much as I do. <laughs> so that you can explain why it should be cherished. Exactly. But I, I truly have nothing to tell them besides, like, if they don't get it, they don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. The girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's also kind of this movie, too. Yeah, that's true. Would you like to dive into a synopsis? Sure. <laughs> uh, so after Yang just came out. All right, here's the synopsis. When his young daughter's beloved companion, an android named Yang, malfunctions, Jake searches for a way to repair him. In the process, Jake discovers the life that has been passing in front of him, reconnecting with his wife and daughter across a distance he didn't know was there. Boom, one take. Haha. <laughs> You're embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, so it's a sci-fi movie. It takes place in the future, an undisclosed year. We yeah. There's no. You know how in most little movies in the future they're like, 
2087, 23,042. Yeah. We don't know what year it is. There's nothing to tell us. The planet hasn't died yet, but there are AIs in this movie. So Yang is an AI, little android baby. Maybe they fixed global warming. Because no. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, planties. That's true. Plants there is, and there are a lot of plants. Um, like nature. I think it's even very, while I was watching this movie, I was like, "This is a pretty optimistic future." <laughs> it's very yeah, very green and kind of positive, where everyone is a blended family. Yeah, the architecture is like plant, like plant blends in with the with the buildings and stuff. Nature and nature. That's the word. Nature and <laughs> human stuff, man made come into one it's beautiful anyways uh so i got a few notes uh, that i want to jump in on but i would like marissa to also jump in <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first things about it are more technical focused because um, i just really like the way this movie was made um obviously all the, the themes and everything and i feel like nick is not a very emotional boy or like Stories don't really get you like that. Yes, they do. But they they have to have other elements to them to fully immerse you. But you, you're not just like a person where it's like... Like if, if it wasn't beautiful, if it wasn't shot beautifully and had accompanying music to put you in that mood, would you feel the same? You would. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. <laughs> you wouldn't. Uh, or I guess like a heads up. So um, we're not going to spoil the movie at all. Um, we want it to be spoiler free because we want you to experience it for yourself. I will give you my Showtime login <laughs> so you can watch it. It's in theaters, probably not actually in theaters anywhere since it's such a small movie and it probably already left theaters. They only had it for a short bit since it's in the Oscars. Yeah. Um, and so it's on Showtime. So it is, it is, you can it is available for streaming. Marissa is willing to give you her password and email. So. DM me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, and also, Coconut's movies are very slow, I guess. Or what's the word? Because it's not slow burn like we were saying before. Because it doesn't build up to like a huge climax. They're, they're it's just, just like simple. Not simple even. No, they're <laughs> they're just boring in a sense. Um, because they just, they just show you the everyday like life just people living basically it's just life is happening people are living nothing really exciting happens like all the time it's really about the conversations that these people are having and their experiences and their relationships with others and with the earth (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, he his I feel like his movies aren't everyone's cup of tea. But <laughs> <laughs> they're beautiful and they like hit you right in your little your little heart. Right deep in it. <laughs> uh so yeah, there's uh, there's a warning, I guess. Um but I think everyone should still watch this movie despite like it's only an hour and a half long. It's not a full two hour, three hour movie like the Batman or something. You can sit down for 90 minutes and I'd get your heart ripped out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll enjoy it. Uh, but anyways, back to what I was talking about before. So my 
biggest things with this movie besides the the whole um all the themes and the, the emotional stuff is the technical stuff uh, so like we were talking before it's an undisclosed year for this uh future but the production design for this future is like a different take than i've really seen or can compare it to um it reminded me a lot of ex machina actually in terms of the production design but like how we we're mentioning how nature kind of blends in with it really open windows and everything like blending nature in with it mm-hmm. with all the uh buildings and the architecture lots of like natural light a lot of angles too angular like lines mm-hmm. cutting through like their freaking open shelving and their kitchen was like just a bunch of different lines crossing like perpendicular and, and like uh intersecting mm-hmm. like if you compare the blade runner future to this they're two two different worlds yeah two different lives um, but I just like that. I like when there's sci-fi movies where there's not a new gadget being trying to being show off or something like that. Um, you still have the sense it's in the future, but you still have a sense that this could still be a world today. Besides, like they they show off the skyline a little bit where there's like giant glass buildings. Um, besides that, it's pretty. I can't imagine living in a glass building though. That's scary. If it just explodes and just <laughs> you're stabbed a billion times by all the glass shards or in your eye no <laughs> no thank you um so i think that production design and everything um, but also cinematography in general is also very well done um basically with with yang when he malfunctions they have the opportunity to go through his memories also the way they show off their memories is interesting in terms of it's just like a pair of glasses i think also I really liked that once they were inside his memories and like we were in the memory world, it was just like a giant tree. Yeah, it was trees. And just... Like a forest. Yeah. And there were just little sparkles and leaves. Good stuff. Very creative, basically, is what I'm trying to say in how they're depicting this future and how they're depicting these different things. Because it could have easily just been a really boring file system. On a computer. On a co- <laughs> you open it up and it's just a bunch of file folders and it's like October 2000, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> November, blah, blah, blah. And just do, 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 do. And then every single day. But no, they were just bits and pieces. And so you don't even, it's not even in like chronological order. You don't even know if you're watching his memories unfold. In the, I mean, in the way that they happened. Yeah. Or in the order that they happened. Unless, I mean, we kind of did. But, like, you, he probably had to say, like, a filter or something to get it to do that. <laughs> but in the in the actual thing, like, you can just pick and choose which one you want to look at. It's like, yeah, he's just looking around. And he just, one catches his eye. So he just goes and looks at it and zooms in on it. Zoom. Uh, him, Zoom. him, Jake, and, and Kira? Kira. Kira, uh, they FaceTime a couple times with, and you don't even see the gadget. It's just like the aspect ratio of the movie will change. It's like if they had their laptop and they put their laptop on the other side of the table mm-hmm. and then it was looking at them because they're like third person, like it's their full body. It's not just like their head. Right. I don't know how to explain it. It's like they're <laughs> on a tripod. Uh, but that's it for the, for that points i just really like how this future was depicted i think it was very creative and i think that 
uh, even like the Yang being a techno species, that's like a their AI in this world. He's like a human. Um, there's a point where they dissect him, and you can kind of see little bro- robotic parts. He could have easily parts. just been like a hologram. Yeah. Or like. Or literally like more like Ex Machina, where she, like the back of her head is robot, and like her arms are pieces of you can see like pieces of machine. Yeah. Um, but he. But they didn't go that route. He's probably squishy. Like he probably has skin. Yeah, and even then, the the museum has like the little models of them, mm-hmm. and it looks like they have muscles and everything, and like a whole nervous system. They're just built different. <laughs> uh, next thing is the basically kind of what I hinted at as well is this is a very beautiful movie. I think the cinematography is uh, pretty good. <laughs> Who's really in charge do- of that? So he's in charge of that, right? Because he's a, the director. Or uh, like, how does that work? Cinematographer and director work kind of like hand in hand. Because he has to tell them like, I want it to look like this, right? Like, yeah. so someone else is, the cinematographer is like physically holding the camera and doing the work, but it's still his brain saying like, this is what I want it to look like, right? Yeah. I mean, the director, they worked hand in hand. So yeah, they're saying like, like Coconut is probably saying like, this is what this scene should be filmed the way, or like, this is what I want to depict in this scene. And then as a cinematographer, he's kind of like getting the director's vision to come to life, but also setting up the framework for it, pointing the camera exactly where it needs to be and all that stuff. It's kind of like a hand in hand process. Like they just work very closely together. Hmm. Because you can credit some of the shots to Coconata, but you can also, you also have to give credit to the cinematographer too, because he's helping Coconata get that vision. Um, the guy, Paul on Twitter. Oh yeah. He was going through and he, he watched this movie like five times. (laughs) Like he was going back to back to back. Um, but he was going in and like showing all the shots and comparing them to Columbus. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's some good shit. (laughs) Um, so the, there's the, the way it's shot and everything. So you have with the memories and how, some of it is like the most simple shit. Like it's just a tree blowing in the wind or wasn't one like a butterfly. Um, and just simple stuff like that to depict all the emotion in those shots is very good. Um, but also the sound design in those memories and the way that the memories are filmed. Um, so there's one point where, or there are multiple points actually where they're looking at Yang's memory where he's talking to one of the characters. So one where he's talking to Jake about tea and then one where he's talking to, uh, Kira about uh, the life of a butterfly. Life of a butterfly. We'll get the end to that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the way that they're filmed is like an actual memory, and the way that it's it's depicted is like an actual memory. I was like blown away at how they did that. The camera scene, the family photo. Yeah. Um, so there's they'll have like a sound bit of someone saying something. So like the when they're taking a family photo in the beginning of the movie, you can hear Kira say like, "Oh, he loves that thing." And then Jake is like, Yang, what are you doing? Come here. And like those bits and pieces will keep replaying the same way as like your own brain replays the memory and it's seen. It'll replay like significant lines over and over in your brain because that's what you remember. Mm-hmm. And so it'll, it'll replay that as you're watching the scene. And even though Kira isn't saying it in that exact moment and Jake isn't saying it in that exact moment. But it's just, yeah, how you're remembering that yeah. moment. 
but it, and then also with the camera as well. So it'll focus on like Jake's lips in that scene, or it'll focus on his hands touching the teapot um, in that conversation that they're having, which is the same again as your brain kind of flashes through its memory. Because when your brain, when it has its little memories, it doesn't have like a camera in the room third it's, person it's not like in the movies where you live through something and then it's like hey who took that picture yeah because <laughs> it's like no one else was in the room with you yeah how would you get this third person point of view exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i think again just very very creative filmmaking on Koganada and everyone's part for this movie is what really i'm just trying to get at with all this technical stuff one aspect of the movie that kind of hit me hard i guess um or i just really really liked uh was the what this yang's memories what he kind of considers worthy of a memory and like what he likes because we find we find out that from okay so there's a lady who works at a museum (laughs) and we find out from her because they're studying like the techno species people and we find out that they have a little I don't know, SSD in their little brain, little hard drive. Oh yeah, the hard drive. That holds all their memories, but they're studying them and they're like, we don't know what they find like a more memorable. And so, and it's also only what, two seconds, 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, it's like two second clips, it's like, it's like itty bitty clips. So out of the entire 24 hours a day, they only get two seconds. <laughs> they only get this tiny s- snippet to remember for the rest of like their lives. Like they're not like humans where you can just kind of sift through your entire day and be like, oh, well, I did this and I did this and I did that. And like you can kind of remember or recollect bits and pieces. I think it's recollect. Yeah. <laughs> but... This bitch can't. Yang literally just has these seconds from each day, from the entirety of his life of like, what, seven years? Like Mika's probably like seven years old. Yeah. At least for that life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, his memories for him are going to be, a, or his moments to memorize are going to be a lot more precious. Um, and sometimes it even comes down to just a tree blowing in the wind or someone walking in front of him or a butterfly flying around him um so i thought that was really stuff and it kind of goes with the same theme as when she's talking about how it reminded you of soul yeah um as soon as like the first playthrough of like his memories popped on the screen i instantly thought of soul the little disney movie where the little soul has no purpose can't like go to earth because it doesn't know what it wants to do with its life but then it just like discovers the beauty and every day and in nature and all the small things that we kind of just forget about. Like we lose sight of the the small things. Yeah. And just living your life and just appreciate the smaller things. The beauty around us. Exactly. And Yang does that. <laughs> uh, so I really appreciated that. Also, I didn't bring it up in the technical stuff, but the music in this movie, exquisite. Especially for the scenes where they're diving into his memories. Because you're only getting two-second clips, and it's kind of playing those two-second clips pretty quickly. And it just, the music... It's just a little montage. Yeah, basically. I just think 
this movie has a lot of emotional depth to it in a sense that you feel like you're almost eavesdropping on these people's lives and you're hearing these conversations and you're literally looking into Yang's brain and his memories and what he finds special and all the like I don't know that's a good way to put it I didn't really think about that because yeah it is like invasive it's yeah we're literally just we're learning about Yang through his own personal memories Mm -hmm. because we we don't get we don't get any like actual thing or like we don't get to learn about yang like we do the rest of the characters yeah we're learning about yang for the first time as the other characters are also learning about him basically for the first time because yeah jake thinks yang is family but also they don't know anything about him they don't know that he has fallen in love with the girl, what his favorite song is, all of this, like, they just know, oh, he's Mika's older brother. He helps out around he the likes, house. He likes butterflies and he likes that camera. They they don't know anything about him. And so they're discovering Yang for the first time as the audience is. And we just see bits and pieces of him, but also these, like, deep, meaningful conversations that feel like they should be not secret but like they're special so they're personal they're meant for the people in the room and we're getting like a a snippet of it yeah i agree because yeah he has this whole separate life and he didn't he didn't tell them about ada he didn't tell them about present ada or past ada (laughs) (laughs) or original right so I didn't think about that. That was a good way to put it about how invasive it is and how you feel like you're eavesdropping because you're a little chronic eavesdropper. Nick doesn't think chronic is a word. Chronicle. (laughs) Not in the way that you were singing. Shut up. (laughs) Anyways, I also find um, not only that, like the invasiveness of it and the characters themselves, but also like, the personal connection that you can get from this movie because i don't know it's a lot of it's another like portrayal of grief and like how people deal with grief because yang doesn't really have a a connection or he doesn't have anything really to know what the i mean he's experienced grief previously but he has nothing to like know fully what is the end Right. And he's not afraid of it or he's not like he's just like if it ends it ends and whatever is meaning like that means that there whatever happened had meaning and it had a purpose and now it's over. Right. But humans are annoying and we're I don't know, what's the word? Um we constantly question our existence. And like, like our purpose in life. And our purpose in life. And we have an ending and we have, we die. 
basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so because we die and because we know or because there's so much mystery around the afterlife, like after you die, you try to make this life count. And like if you don't make it count, then it's like meaningless or whatever. And it kind of circles back to since Jake experienced Yang's memories, he's like coming back to to square one and being like, oh, I've lost sight of like my life or like what I have passions for and my family and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And just focusing on his family. Yeah. Focusing on his family. Like the synopsis said. He also comes back to terms with why he fell in love with T in the first place and now is back into like loving it again and not just seeing it as a career and something where he just has to go to work every day and yeah i just sell tea it's just i like tea (laughs) but back to that initial reaction that he had where he wanted to experience this world in a cup right but anyways um speaking of death whatever whatever (laughs) there's been a lot of death in the family Death is just kind of the thing. It's inevitable. But it just makes you think because this movie is like, oh, shit, damn. Yang dies. He dies. Basically. He malfunctions. He basically dies. (laughs) But he no longer exists. And now it's different, though, because they still get to see his memories and they still get to learn about him and be a part or like have a part of his life or whatever. Yeah. But regular people can't do that. Like when people die, they just die. Right. There's nothing to like. You can't access their memories. Yeah, you can't (laughs) find out about all their secret life, past lives, whatever, whatever. Or like. You just have your own memories based off of that. Yeah. And you don't know what I think what I liked best was that you were getting to see what Yang felt was special. Yeah. And when people die, you never like you don't know what they what they liked or what they thought was special. Right. I don't know. So you just learn more about someone through their memories and everything like that. And so, like, do you really know these people? Uh, If you are close to them, if you think you're close to them, you don't really know 100% them. Or, like, you only know them through what you've experienced. You don't know them at all because you don't know what they've experienced. If that makes sense. Yes. In the context of the movie, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, Yang has more experiences than just with this than what meets current the life. Than what, yeah. they, than what they think they know. Um, one of the last things I wanted to bring up was the um, use of mirrors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mirrors kind of come up a lot with Yang and his memories. Um, showing or Just showing how he's feeling in those exact moments. Um, or just the state status of his current life or whatever uh there's a really good shot where he's looking through a mirror and it's not like a or it's like a broken mirror but it's not it's not broken but it's like the way it's designed is like a bunch of square pieces of a mirror they're all just separate little chunks placed together to make one big mirror but they're all set like separated and dividing kind of depicting in that moment that yang is like doesn't feel whole it doesn't feel like uh what's the word happy satisfied satisfied i guess yeah 
he doesn't feel like himself basically um but then there are multiple moments like even there's a moment where thank you car there's a moment where jake looks through a mirror and he sees yang and his own reflection and so again going back to that whole personal connection with his family and everything and how yang kind of opened seeing yang's memories kind of opened his eyes to his own life so pay attention to the mirrors in this movie koganata clearly wants you to Another thing with the with the movie is the or I guess like another theme of the movie um, is the whole aspect of who is considered family to these people or just in in the world. Um, so you've got different moving parts. So with the main family, with Jake and Kira and Mika. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mika is adopted. She's Chinese. Jake and Kira are not. Um, so it's that aspect, that initial aspect of it, but also Yang being a techno species, um, they consider him family, but he's not their blood. He's, he's a robot. So, uh, and then another thing they kind of bring up with their neighbors is clones. Um, so the neighbors have little clone babies. How do I don't, I still don't understand how the clones work. I don't understand how they are born how they are made it doesn't really dive into the specifics (laughs) they just say that they are clones and that there is an original out there that existed at one point or do they take their hair how do they clone them how do do the parents just go oh we have the dna over in the lab over here do we just give it to a doctor and they just make a clone or do they have to inject it into them to have a baby birth it out and it's a clone baby how does it work i don't know we'll never know (laughs) uh but that's the the thing with it too so jake doesn't like clones he's a racist towards clones (laughs) when they're talking about their neighbors he he makes like a snarky comment it's like oh i don't like them like they he has clones but it's just funny because he considers yang a part of his family and like a crucial part of his family and that at that because yang is just supposed to be a connection to Mika's Chinese heritage. And, but then he's kind of like her older brother. And then he's also kind of just raising her. Like they're so dependent on Yang. Just like regular families. Just regular older siblings taking care of the younger siblings. And the parents go do what else? They just, <laughs> they just go to work and they just live and exist. And they just go, oh, we don't have anything to worry about. We've got a, we've got a older we'll, brother at home. We'll have dinner at, at, as a family but then everything else you're on your own we'll do dance nights that's it <laughs> that's our family bonding uh so they're very dependent on him but but jake considers yang family but how's if the clone is like their actual blood family and like is a part of them why is he so against it and so mean about it you know he's he's just a big hater he's literally a republican <laughs> and then in the same breath like he has mika and mika is his daughter he loves her but he she's not his blood so again so it's like uh and there's a whole conversation between mika and yang that kind of dives into that um because mika's getting teased by kids at school where they're like they're not your real parents and so she kind of questions that and is like well yeah they're not my real parents and so Yang has a conversation with her about trees and how 
different can, trees can kind of come together. You can add a branch to a new tree and then it will morph into that one tree and it will become one tree and make a new apple. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so I thought that was a very meaningful conversation to, or at least meaningful message to bring up is that you don't have to be blood and connected from the same tree to be considered family. Yang made it sound much more poetic yeah. compared to my add a branch to a tree and you're out, you're an apple. <laughs> Yang and his bowl cut. That guy's ugly. <laughs> uh, but I really liked that. I thought um, that was done in a meaningful way uh, to show that Yang himself is a part of the family, even though he doesn't have any special co blood connection like that. Um, but then also another conversation that they have after that is about the end. So dying. Um, it's between Kira and Yang and they have like a conversation about butterflies and caterpillars. Do they, what is it they bring up? To the caterpillar. To the caterpillar, it's the end. Yeah. But to the butterfly, it's like a new life. Mm-hmm. To the, for the rest of the world, like, because we see it as a, a the butterfly or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of hard to remember the specifics, but this shit, these conversations get kind of deep. And also, I get confused because they repeat it so many times. Like, I feel like I should remember it, but they're different. Um, what is it like inflection, like the tone of their voice changes when they say like certain bits or pieces because of the way it's filmed about like with the memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I'm like, what did this bitch say? <laughs> so I guess, yeah. Cause that the way that it's with the choppy, like sound bits of it, of mm -hmm. the memory, the way it's filmed, it's cool, but it, it can, it can probably be confusing. I definitely had to watch the movie. I have to watch all movies with subtitles. I don't know why I bring this up every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty much like for them, the themes and messages and everything like that. Besides like the memories themselves, um, I think the scenes with the memories are just done very nicely. Uh, but with Yang himself being an AI and like a little techno species, uh, he's like I mentioned before, he's supposed to just be Mika's connection to her Chinese heritage. He just brings up Chinese fun facts. Imagine though, just talking about something simple like tea and he just, he just brings up his little fun <laughs> facts. Did you know that the tea and the ba ba ba? <laughs> okay, bitch, I'm telling a story here. Like <laughs> shut up, Yang. Uh, and the kind of, the, the movie kind of plays with this as well with uh, an AI wanting to be human um, in the same way that like Ex Machina and other movies have done this. Like, uh, her is another example where um, I forget that bitch is a robot. I literally just remembered that movie, <laughs> even though I love that movie. Uh, but it's like the same way. She's like an AI and she ends up expressing like all the same emotions as a human. So in those movies, it's the AI wanting to be human and wanting to establish like a human life, basically, and having the same connections. They want more because they they know they have all this knowledge that like these feelings and things exist, but then it's like they can't feel any of them. Yeah, they can't connect to it or anything. Yeah, they just know it exists, but they have nothing to physically, I don't know, give their life meaning. Yeah, and it's like the same thing with Yang. So when he's talking with Jake about the tea leaves and everything and how tea is made and how it's from China, um, he kind of 
mentions that to Jake, how he wishes he like felt something about tea mm-hmm. uh, rather than just Chinese fun facts. Um, and then they kind of, Jake brings that up later to Ada, 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 Haley Lou Richardson's character where he's like, oh, did Yang ever want to be human? Like, did he ever express that? And she says, what did she say? That's such a human thing. Yeah. To like ask or wonder. To think that someone or that the, that an AI wants to be human. Like who wants to be human? Yeah. That just sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And who's to say he wasn't satisfied with his life. And from his memories, we can kind of see he was kind of satisfied with his life. He was just living life. At some points. (laughs) Um, But he was just living his life. And he still, he still, despite being a robot, it seemed to be that he still had the same emotional connections to things Mm -hmm. so is it really a human thing to feel emotion and to have or at least he didn't have the connections to things that like he wanted to like he has no connection to tea or like these other small like things yeah like how we have a connection to a movie or this or that it's like objects and basic stuff. Yeah, but he sort of did because he had a favorite song. And he had he, the butterflies. He collected butterflies. Yeah, like he had small things that he still cherished and was interested in. Yeah. And Ada. And he was basically human already mm-hmm. without being human. But yeah, there there's still like that small bit where it's like, oh... I don't know, like, there's nothing bringing me to tea, except now maybe now he has that connection to tea. Yeah, because now Jake is associated with it Mm -hmm. in that whole conversation. I just think it was cute because he was like, oh, it's a family business. Maybe I start (laughs) teaching you the trade. That whole conversation, too, with uh, Colin Farrell is so great. (laughs) Uh, He's like, like we mentioned in the last episode, he's climbing the ranks of, like, favorite actors because he's been in so many good things. Top five, top five. He's very good. Um, but then and another thing is that I think the only thing that he questions is his Chinese heritage. And the movie kind of brings this up, too, with the whole Chinese backgrounds. That's like a primary focus of the movie, too, is just Chinese heritage in general. It's, that's Mika's whole point, like of her character, is making sure that she has connections to it. But then there's also like the whole brothers and sisters company that is like a Chinese company making it. And then you have the, the repair guy that was like, Oh, they're spying on us. <laughs> so it's the, all that stuff as well. Um, yeah. Cool. That's it. Just a lot. <laughs> a lot of themes and messages in this movie to take away from it. Um, to just kind of rethink your own life. Very true. That's pretty much it for this movie. It's very... I feel like you have to... You have to watch it to build your own connection to it. Yeah. Or like, like we can't, it's not one of those movies where it's just like, yeah, let's tell you what happens or like Batman where we kind of just like deep dive into what, like the story and, the, and what happens and everything. Yeah. Cause because this is more like your own, cause like you were saying your own personal connection to it and how it made you feel mm-hmm. and how you interpret the messages that the movie is trying to tell you. Exactly. So definitely a, um, get Marissa's username and password for <laughs> DM her and she will let you know so that you can watch this movie and support this movie because yeah well, like we said it's not in theaters anymore it was a small movie probably didn't make that much mo- money but it's still it should still be supported even if it's on a, sh- a streaming platform now 
Which it's so weird that they pick Showtime of all the platforms because Columbus is on Hulu. Yeah, that's weird. Like, why would they and pick the one? it's still A24. It must have been something else with different studios. Who knows? Columbus is an A24, is it? I don't think, think it is. so. But this one was. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So maybe that's why. But, but A24 movies <laughs> are usually on Amazon Prime. They're like everywhere. Prime. Yeah, Prime. Well, we don't know. Whatever. This one's on Showtime. <laughs> Go watch it. For now. Um, it's a great movie. It all just boils down to our relationships with other people. Yeah. I give it five stars. I too gave it five and a heart. Uh, it's now in my top four favorites on Letterboxd for now. For now. <laughs> um, but those rearrange all the time. The only one that's staying there forever is Spider-Verse. I've created a list of my all-time favorites that I'm like collectively adding to. Because my hearts, I was trying to keep it as that. But I realized when I first started my Letterbox account, I just like like hearted a bunch of movies like before me. I under. Yeah, before I understood <laughs> the like purpose of it. So I'm trying to I'm trying to make it better. <laughs> um, but that's it for this week. Uh, Oscars is coming. The, the Oscars show is coming up soon. Uh, so we'll probably have an episode on that for the next episode. And then back to like regularly scheduled programming of movies and stuff. Uh, we'll have a little Oscars reaction episode. Oscars react. Uh, we're trying to watch all of those movies. We still have a few more to go. Um, stupid licorice pizza. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully um, just stay tuned. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all platforms at New Encounter. Support um, us on Patreon. We would appreciate any supports. All the support. Listening to us is as much of support as we can love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. It is free to do so. It's the same thing. You can consider just following us on Apple Podcasts. And you if get you notified. follow, if you follow us, you'll get, you don't have to do any hard work. We just pop up <laughs> every You will get week. notified when we post a new uh, episode. That's easy, bitches. Same thing on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify if you listen there. You don't get notified on Spotify, though. So sorry. So if you want notifications, do Apple Podcasts. Or just do both. Yeah. Leave a review on both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leave a nice little paragraph. Use your writing skills and leave a paragraph of a review. Um, Give us some feedback. We'd appreciate anything. And share us with your friends. If you have any. We don't. We don't. But that's it for this week. Thank you for so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.